Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. There's nothing wrong with a good masturbate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Pint of Football, the nation's drunkest football podcast, where much like our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ, we just won't stay dead. (laughs) I am here with two of the merriest springtime minstrels in all the land. With cheeks full of hot cross buns pilfered from your grandma's windowsill, it's Andy Baxter. Hello there. And with nine cream eggs stuck up his bum, it's Daz Napton. Good evening. And I am the unnecessarily sexual chocolate rabbit from the 1980s Cadbury's adverts. Yeah, was sniff, she chocolate sniff. or was she just advertising chocolate? I don't know. That raises um, raises questions, doesn't it? But all I know is that she was unnecessarily sexual. I have no idea who you're on about. You're on about Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> no. I'm on about the um, sexy cartoon chocolate rabbit from the... Cadbury's commercials. It was the Com- caramel, wasn't it? The caramel she- money. <clears throat> Responsible for a generation of furries. <laughs> yeah, yeah, indeed. I'll I'll take your word for that. This can be our like uh bonus content. Isn't it all bonus content with us? Uh well, it's certainly all filler. <laughs> all filler, no killer. The pint of football way. However, it is the Easter special. Woo. So I guess that's something. Celebrate good Easter. Come on. I genuinely didn't think people still celebrated Easter. I thought my nan was the only person who ever celebrated Easter. Yeah, you know, not to put not to be mean or like or snide. I just every year like some Becky or my my family will be like, um, oh, what are we doing for Easter? And I'm like, we celebrate Easter. I mean, obviously we do. I just like I just forget. It's another load of nonsense to me, and and obviously, every well as you guys know, I don't like chocolate. 
Yeah, you freak. You definitely won't like the sexy bunny, though. Well, probably not. You're a miserable gay, aren't you? Well, that's enough Easter stuff, so we can probably move on to... Extremely fast. (laughs) We can move on to Football's Strangest Stories. And, Tom, you'll be pleased to know that within this episode, we are likely to come across page number 69. Nice. I panicked then because I, when you said Tom, I thought you wanted me to have prepared something. <laughs> so yeah, did you get the? I sent not you the book. Style. I sent you the book so you can start taking over the stories. Have you not? Have you not had it and started I, researching? I shouldn't. I shouldn't host this one because I'll just go. I sit skipping this one because it's a bunch of old bollocks. Uh, <laughs> something about numbered squares. Something about Brian. <laughs> Last week's episode was just, it was cold. <laughs> There's been about yeah. five stories that were just, it's cold. <laughs> well, And yeah. he's always like, oh yes, the people of Scotland have never seen the sun. <laughs> yeah, that's, I'm sure that theme is going to continue. But for now, we're going to go down south to West Ham. It is November 1931. I've decided to call this one the Richardson Rocket. Featuring Violet Cray. Sorry, All something, about the family. Something comes over me when West Ham are mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to rip off Frank Lampard's head and piss down his neck. That doesn't yet feature, but we are only in 1931, so there is time for that still to happen. So let's crack on. Picture yourself as a supporter of a team which hasn't won for four games. I'm gonna and do. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna leave you two to elaborate on that because as a Macclesfield fan, I, I don't think we've lost four all season. I'm afraid. You know, Bax, what's it feel like? Well, yeah, it's very close to home at the moment. Although they did manage to fluke. Um, a win over, over Man United on Saturday. But I think that was just because Man United are somehow more abject than Everton. Your centre-forward hasn't been playing well. Can you imagine that, Bax? Oh, yeah. Our centre-forward gets criticised for being more interested in his fashion modelling career. <laughs> Some of your players have started wearing bras. <laughs> <laughs> for, for reasons best known to the the fashionistas. Hmm. Richardson is the forward in question. As a fan, you would prefer Cookson in Richardson's place at centre forward. And now you have an away game against a team in London, which means a difficult journey of over 100 miles. Basically, it's a team that's not playing well and they've got to go to West Ham. What, what's wrong with Richardson at this point? Why do, do we know why he doesn't want to travel? We, or is that just the fan that would rather Cookson was picked? Yeah, or... it's just that he's not playing well. That's all it oh, is, really. He's just no. on a... Yeah. <laughs> However, as the London team is also not playing well, you think your side has a chance. I don't know why I keep saying you, as trying to like put us in... <laughs> 
really immersive piece of writing from from Wardy. It is. It's it's quite an inspired intro. It's, he he does. He wears a lot of sort of narrative hats and changes them a lot. Yeah. Like I'm not sure if he's one guy. I think it's a bit like how some people reckon that there were several people responsible for Shakespeare's stuff. Mm. Obviously, like I'm not comparing Wardy to Shakespeare. <laughs> Far from it. But like they all seem like they're written by different people. You might be right, or maybe he's just nicked all the stories from online. I'm not. I'm not encouraging this. But if you were, if you already had a few books out and like were known to publishers, you could, you could whack one of these out fairly easily. Just sort of like absorb a bunch of already written stuff and. Oh, well, I'm being the pub by Wardy. three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in the pub. Don't worry about that. Anyway, you're breaking up this fantastic entrance to the story here. That's my job. You have decided to go, but have found difficulty finding the ground. Your team was promoted to the first division at the end of last season. You make your way onto the terraces and see someone you know. Very Dungeons and Dragons, this, isn't it? It is, but also... Who the hell? Who the hell has written this in 1931? Who's he aiming this at? Is this a real guy? How are you doing? You ask your mate. Incredibly Uh, laboured. This. (laughs) (laughs) I'm I'm lost. Clearly, I'm looking (laughs) at the ground. We know this. You know that you have missed about ten minutes of the game. And what does your mate reply? We're 4 0 up. Oh. He replies casually Richardson's got all four, and he should have had two more. Jesus. Wow, what a start. Next question Would you believe him? <laughs> um, I, I probably not. I mean, but this, this is the before times where like every game was like, So on that day in November 1931, you would have had to believe him. W.G. Richardson, the West Brom centre-forward, had two good chances in the first five minutes and missed them both. Then he scored four times in five minutes. I don't even know how you'd have time enough to restart. It's like how when Australia beat American Smell or whatever it was, like 31 nil. Was 31 nil, yeah. I just I just thought like even if you were just like passing three times and you know poking it in, surely the resetting and stuff would I don't know. Yeah, because surely American Samoa, if it was indeed there, must have had to kick off and then just maybe just fall down or something. I don't know. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I have watched the highlights of the game. Just, yeah, it's just, just yeah. fun, really. I set eyes on it and then I thought, why am I watching this? Why am I just watching people struggle? It does become very boring very quick, just watching 31 like tap-ins or easy cross-balls going in. It was a remarkable spell of sustained, rapid goal scoring, taking advantage of some weak West Ham fullback play and the fact that England international centre-half 
Jim Barrett was playing out of position at left half. Left half. I don't know what left half is. No, we've spoken about this before. Like it seems like the positions in football are just completely different in these times. But nonsense, weren't they? Surely, whatever it is, it can't be that much different to centre half. It's not full back. No, the, he already mentioned the full back specifically, didn't he? Saying that there was bad full back play or something. So if he's so a left he... half, yeah. Where's he playing? What's he doing? How is he well, struggling maybe, so much? Maybe he doesn't know. Maybe that's the problem. He's just sort of wandering around. Backward half. The game was virtually over as a contest almost as soon as it had begun. The next goal, scored just after the hour by Sanford, put West Brom five goals ahead. Jimmy Ruffle headed a reply soon afterwards and West Ham went down 5-1 on their own ground. W.G. Richardson's four goals in five minutes is the quickest scoring of four goals on record, a feat equaling that of Jimmy McIntyre of Blackburn a decade earlier. I can see why this guy's annoyed if you've gone all that way to West Ham, not being able to get in and missed the fastest ever scoring of four goals. Kind of not worth going in then, isn't it? The difference between McIntyre's feet and Richardson was that McIntyre of Blackburn, all of his four goals in five minutes came in the second half. Quite a classic, interesting Wardy factoid, isn't it? Wardy facts. Wardy facts. Wardy facts. How many can you hear before you fall asleep? Wardy facts. <laughs> Well, at least that's the jingle sorted. So, yeah. The same question I ask after every story. Was it peak football? Do we know who the other team were? He just was Fergus. It was West Brom. It was West Brom. West Ham. Yeah. The big West. Derby. West off. Mm. Um, I don't think it was bad. I think it was nice that we got to see a record broken. Well, no, no, um, we, plus, no, we we missed it. We were ten minutes oh, late. That's a good point. It was nice that a record was broken on an away day. Someone was lost. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's good. It was definitely a story that we will remember for at least the rest of the duration of this recording. Let's put it that way. I've already forgotten. Wait, who was it? What score was it? Who won? Who are you? <laughs> the caramel bunny thing. So we move on to page number 69. That's, yeah. I don't think Wardy makes 69 jokes. Probably not. Wardy facts. He's got a... Not a sexually active man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, we're off up to Lincoln now. The home of football, as it's more commonly known. And this story title that I've invented is actually taken from the story itself, but it's just a great title. And it doesn't give you necessarily the story away, but it gives you an indication about what's going to happen. And it is very poetic. 
<clears throat> I had told of how Frank Keatley shoots and scores so neatly. Yeah, he's going to be pleased with that, isn't he? I, I like that. <laughs> yeah, I like Let me it. that with a with a quill. Yeah. He also oh. shoots discreetly. I don't know what else rhymes. Shoots discreetly. Oh God! <laughs> Not on page sixty nine. <laughs> Don't worry, Wardy. We'll lower the time for you. Right. Wardy doesn't, Wardy doesn't know what sex is. <laughs> I'm staying at Lincoln City were at home to Halifax Town. Lincoln had completed more than half of their Division Three North fixtures for the season and only one team had stopped them scoring in a game. Can you guess who it was? The New Saints. It was Halifax Town. The game at the Shea had finished 3-0 to the Yorkshire side. So there's some revenge on the cards. Lincoln, with the wind behind them, scored twice during the first half. But play was fairly even. The goals came from Riley and Hall, the latter being in the middle of an exceptionally good run. We now get the first of the rhymes because there's not just one. There's not just one rhyme in this story. Oh, he's not messing. Again, it's like someone different. It's like someone different wrote this. (laughs) Is Wardy's had exactly two shandies because it's his mother's birthday? I have sung of Alan Hall. Who's a terror with the ball? Is he quoting from like the newspaper of the day or is he just doing this for his own amusement? (laughs) I can confirm, although it is sadly the case, it was from a local rhymer who specialised in the local vernacular. Uh, What, so... Was he got a pro to write this? Imagine, imagine being on the terrace, right, and some guy beside you is just like, "Oh, <laughs> Michael Dole will surely score a goal," and expected like anything other than a punch in the face. Like, I know TV wasn't invented yet, but did people just go around like making rhymes? Like, ooh. Look, children, it's the local rhymesmith. He owns a dictionary. <laughs> have we got any more? I think we have just got another one, but yeah. Okay. The goal blitz started in the 46th minute. Lincoln scored seven in 21 minutes. Oh, that's a rhyme. That's a rhyme. It's just... It's, <laughs> it's, it's going to be... By the 90... I mean, we're only in the 1930s, <laughs> and the goal ratios are already getting pretty ridiculous. By the time we get to the 1970s, it'll be like, oh, and Grimsby scored 12 in 12 seconds. Uh, Defending just... was invented in 1964. Oh, I really by, hope so. By Sir John Defending. The goal blitz started in the 46th minute. Yeah, they scored all those goals. Hall was not among the second half scorers. However, Frank Keatley scored However, the six. defense was particularly porous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> nice. There you go. Now you get in it. Now you get no. in it. Thomas Vernacular Meadowcroft. Uh, 
With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Frank Keatley scored six, and our Rhymer friend wrote, and this is where I got it from, I have told of how Frank Keatley <laughs> shoots so well and passes needly. Ah. So, actually, what I'd used was shoots and scores so neatly, which I think is actually better because he scored six goals. Why are they, why are they commentating on his passing? I don't, I'm, I'm confused about why any of this is happening. <laughs> There's the beginning of um, Paris camps and stuff, as we know it. We credit this rhymer for that. Earlier on, Tom was saying that he wasn't going to be as so bold as to compare Wardy to Shakespeare, but just just a page later, and you know, comparisons are still there. Right, let's just see what happened in the end, shall we? Keatley, who had missed the previous game due to injury took advantage of the extra marking on Hall to steer Lincoln to their 9-1 win. Lincoln went to the top of Division 3 North, and that season they won the championship, not by points, but by goal average. Mm. There you go, then. I'm guessing that's the predecessor of goal difference. Is it, is it better? Do you, think um, it, do you think it should be judged on the average amount of goals you score rather than it being on goal difference? Um, it's a tough one, that. You'd have, to, you'd have to ask like a mathematician because I feel like... There probably is a right answer, isn't there? Because hmm. would it encourage teams to be more consistently attacking... I don't know, you'd have to, as, as Tom says, you'd have to do the maths and figure out if it was worth winning 5-0 one week and then 1-0 the next, or, you know, winning two games, 3-0. So here, here we know. go then. Again, as an Everton fan, I'll, re- I'll go back to this. I remember okay. years and years and years ago, Everton, when they qualified for the Champions League, didn't they end the season in fourth with minus goal difference? Yeah, that's true. That ring- that rings a bell. Um, yeah. So, I mean, if you both remember, we must have got battered a few times by people, but won the other games 1-0 or something. So by that logic, if it was on goal average, and let's say they were winning 4-3 quite a lot, they would have had a lot better goal average than their goal difference. Goal difference, yeah, that's true. I'd love to see it happen just for a season. 
just so we can see what would be different, what if what if anything would be different. Yeah. I sort of suspect that it wouldn't be that different. Well, no, because you still get like Man City and Liverpool are like on like plus 40, plus 50 goal difference, aren't they? So the goal average would be like three point something, whereas most teams would be around one. So, yeah, that's your hmm. genuinely serious hot debate for the week. Not only do we bring rhymes, 69 jokes, and rhyme sex- 69er. Yeah, not only do we bring that, but we have genuine debate. Mass debate. <laughs> That's the... <laughs> oh, I was really taken aback by that. There's nothing wrong with a good mass debate. <laughs> so yeah, Lincoln won the league on goal average. Alan Hall scored 42 goals. He's still Lincoln's highest goal scorer in a season. Yeah. Playing for that average. Good of course, uh, Lincoln's ground back in those days was called Lincoln Park. <laughs> Did I ever tell you I once went on a pyrotechnics course at work and the guy who was teaching it, bearing in mind it's the coolest job teaching yeah. people how to use pyrotechnics, his name was Lincoln Parkhouse. <laughs> he's just he's just this massive fat guy walking around setting fireworks off. I was like, he's the coolest man ever. With like hybrid theory playing in the background. <laughs> yeah. I want to feel at the end of the course, he just got us to set up like thousands of pounds worth of fireworks in this massive warehouse. And then he just wow. stood, just stood with this little button, just shouting, go! Go, go, go for about three minutes whilst everything was just blowing up in the background. Did, I'm, you I'm, confused, I'm confused as to why he was shouting go. They, they weren't voice activated, surely. <laughs> Dude, you're already blowing things up in a warehouse. You don't have to. Mm. Pretty impressed. It doesn't get much better than that. Back to the story, and that's it. There was. Six goals in 21 minutes was the actual title of the story because that's what happened. Yeah, it gives it gives it away a bit, that one. Did you give us the title of the previous story? No, but it was equally as boring. Oh. What was it? The fastest individual goals. Oh, Christ, yeah, that is boring. But yeah, again, I don't think it's peak football. It's just... A striker having a really good day, isn't it? Another thing that happened. It's another thing that happened. And it's, yeah, I don't know. I, I quite enjoyed it. But that might be because I'm imagining all the other bits that we added to the story rather than just the game itself. What, like the rhymer? I mean, he, he apparently he was there. So I don't know if he was in the match or if he just wrote about it in the paper afterwards. But if he was there and offering his thoughts at the time, then... Singing Linkin Park songs. Yeah, then all of a sudden it is peak football, I think. Or it's, it's certainly a, a highlight from the terraces so far. Yeah, it's probably the best moment from the terraces so far. Let's leave it at that. Do you like to continue? Are you smarter than a ground topper? Yes. 
I definitely would. <clears throat> and it's my turn to incorrectly it is, guess. It is, it first. is your turn to go first. Um, okay, I will mute myself. No, not well, mute well, myself. Well, well, hang on. Don't mute yourself just yet. Um, I sort of figured if there's a question that I think's too obvious, then I'll skip it and just throw in a random question from, like, from all topics. Oh, and I just, I, I'm going to test this one. I'm going to sacrifice this one because I'm pretty sure we both get it, but it'd be funny if you don't. Um, who succeeded Sven-Goran Eriksson as England manager in 2006? Are we going to take turns in answering, or do you want one of us to just do it? This one doesn't count. Wasn't it Steve McLaren? Ah, yeah, okay, fair enough. So I judged correctly that you would both get that one easily. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to. Fair enough. So we stand at nil-nil, and I have sourced a question from the World Wide Web. Uh, Darren, it is your go to answer first. Mr. Baxter, could you please remove your headphones? Hang on. I tried to mute the mute the computer, but it just didn't. Andy, could you please mute yourself? (laughs) (laughs) You're not entering the spirit of the competition. He's a big wanker, isn't he, Dace? Andy Andy Baxter, could you please remove your dressing gown? (laughs) (laughs) No, please. Okay, um, <laughs> so for one sweetie, which type of cactus is distilled to okay, create tequila? Is this a dad joke? No, it is a question. What cactus is what? Distilled to make tequila. What's this got to do with anything? It's, it, it is a question. Are you familiar with the concept of a quiz? We did one last week. Is it the sombrero cacti? No, it isn't. Go away. Oh, that's shy. <laughs> Hello, Andy. Can you hear me? Sorry, uh, I'm back, but there was a box in front of you, so I didn't see you gesticulating wildly for a second. I apologize. Yeah, there's got to be a better way to get you back on than to just gesticulate, but I haven't found it yet. So, yeah. Andy, for one sweetie, which type of cactus is distilled to create tequila? I'll give you a clue. It's not sombrero, which is what does said. I've just realised I don't even have to be muted because I've already. You don't answered. have to be muted, no. No, because I it, you've answered. It is a bit unfair, <laughs> anyway. You were in Mexico recently. You should know this. Yeah, so, true, true. Type of cactus that is distilled to create tequila. The only, I don't know any types of cactus, so I'm going to prefix it with this. The only <laughs> word that came into my head that isn't a ridiculous answer, but it probably is a ridiculous answer when I say it, and it's probably not a type of cactus, but the only word that comes into my head that's associated with tequila is mezcal. Nah, better answer than Daz's. No, it's not. Correct answer is an... No, it's, it's still wrong. It's not a better, it's still wrong. An agave or agave. Cactus. That's oh, yeah, that's obvious. Why didn't I get that? Never mind. I just thought I just thought uh I thought an alcohol based question would be fun. There you go. Uh, yeah, that's supposed to be fun. Yeah, never mind. So we're we're four questions in and still on two zero. questions in and no no. Don't forget I got the bonus question of Steve McLaren. I'm gonna carry that no. to the carry that to the grave if it's a draw. No. What a nil-nil draw after 
100 questions. questions. <laughs> what was the easy question that you got rid of? Was it the Steve McLaren one? It was a Steve McLaren yeah. one. Right, fine. For God's sake. So it's one all, really. It's nil-nil. Yeah. Where did you get two ones from? We both got it right. We both knew it was McLaren. I swear to God. What a mongoose. Anyway, Baxter, are you going to fire us home? Can do, but before that, I just wanted to take um, issue with something Tom said on the earlier pod when he said England was the most boring country. I don't know if he just means just football-wise or just life in general-wise, but I think, I don't know, I think just the the non-league pyramid system and the the craziness that we can come up with from Wardy's stories, I think it's quite a bit. It's not the most boring country football-wise. It couldn't be because football came from England. It's the one thing that's pure and good. We were saying in general, to be fair. Oh, yeah, in general, it's horrible. and You know, there's nothing to be proud of at all from being English or from England. Apart from the football pyramid. Apart from the football pyramid, indeed. Which Um, is beautiful to look at and be on. I don't know if I'm just trying to sort of score a few points before I have to butcher Cuba's football history. We'll see. Well, see. Cuba, (laughs) despite its faults, is definitely not a boring country. Mm. Yes, I don't know how much of their time they spent um, focusing on football, though, but I guess we'll see, won't we? Anyway, I've just finished building a model of Mount Everest. My friend asked, is it to scale? I said, no, just to look at. (laughs) Very nice. What effects? Did it do? What effects? How many can you hear before you fall asleep? What effects? Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.